Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection, the connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card, but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I wanna hear your stories. I wanna share your stories. Good afternoon, it's Delene Allen. You're listening to my podcast, Network Equals Net Worth, and I am just totally thrilled to introduce you to one of the most remarkable human beings I have ever had the pleasure to know. This is Leanne Miles. She's an associate mortgage broker with the Clinton Wilkins Mortgage Team. She makes it a priority to help clients uncover the root of any credit challenges they may have so she can guide them towards a brighter financial future. Leanne's roles allow her to assist a wide variety of clients. She works to ensure her clients secure the best product and the rate for their needs. Depending upon their unique circumstances, her compassionate approach has proven to be valuable to clients and to the rest of the team. Leanne is dedicated to giving back to her community and the mortgage industry. She has served as director for Nova Scotia, with the Canadian Mortgage Brokers Association, CMBA, Board of Directors, Atlantic Division in 2017. In 2018, Leanne's husband was diagnosed with cancer, which has given her the motivation to help people going through tough times. She has brought this mindset to our industry by helping cover mortgage costs for those undergoing medical treatments. In her free time, Leanne enjoys skiing, snowmobiling, playing soccer, as well as spending time with her family. I call her the mortgage magician. But I'm a big believer to all that are listening here. This woman has the most remarkable story of her upbringing in a little place in Labrador. Take it away, Leanne Miles. Thank you, Delene. That was a very sweet introduction. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you uh, getting titles correct and company names correct and all that stuff. So that's very much appreciated. Yeah, I grew up um, young person in Labrador. It was, you know, 40 below. It had to be, I think it had to be like minus 82 for them to cancel school for us. So, you know, there was, when the weather is minus 50 on a regular day, if they canceled school at that, you would never get there. So, um, very small town, probably about 14,000 people, uh, grew up in a household. Both my mom and dad were there. My mom didn't work. Uh, she, you know, stayed in the home, took care of us. Um, I got to do every single sport, um, competition, anything that was going on. I always went home and said, can I do this? And the answer was yes, yes, you can. My dad worked in a mine for several years. He worked at the, uh, the town's, uh, IOC, it's called Iron Ore Company of Canada is now owned by Rio Tinto. And we had a good life. My dad always had a side job. Um, you know, he was always looking, always learning, always educating himself. And I guess that's kind of who I've modeled myself after in life. Well, think about it, Leanne. Um, tell us about coming home from his painting jobs, because I think that is one of the coolest things. <laughs> I was actually just children. 
I was actually going to, yeah. So, so my dad uh, worked at, at the mine and before he worked at the mine, he was a painter. Um, so he lived in rural Newfoundland and then he got the opportunity to go to St. John's Newfoundland where he learned how to paint and he did different buildings such as like the RCMP office and that kind of thing. So, but when we were little, um, he would work seven hours or seven, seven days, night shift, seven days, day shift, seven days, afternoons. And then he'd get seven days off. Well, in his seven days off, my dad decided that he wanted to make extra money. So he would go and he would paint people's homes for cash. And he literally would come in the door and he, like, if he got paid a thousand dollars, which back in the 1980s is a lot of money, he would throw the $20 bills into the kitchen. Um, and we would like feverishly go and pick them up. It was, it was fun. He just, you know, he wanted to share, you know, that he was doing all this extra. So it was very cool. And, but he taught you about money, didn't he? He did. My parents um, are very good with their money. Really, really good, actually. They're savers. But my dad, I think more than anything, taught me that, you know, you can make whatever you want to make. You don't have to be confined to an hourly. You can, um, I just remember, and people listening to this that know my dad, he used to pound his hand on the table and he would say, get your education, never depend on a man. And he was so right. He just, yeah. 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 He and got so, it even back then. I think even by the time you started school, you were already a connector, weren't you? You know what? In, in Newfoundland, I think it's a natural thing. Like we literally always try to connect ourselves in some way. So, um, when you're walking down the road and there's a new person in the community, because everybody knows it's a new car, right? You know, all the plates or whatever. Um, like even like when I would go visit my grandmother in Newfoundland, people would ask you and, you know, who do you belong to? And who's your mother? And who's your father? And, oh, that's so-and-so. And everybody, it literally, like, even in, even when I joined the military, I was on a boat and I was, um, I had to have Thanksgiving on the boat. I was living there. And somebody else came on, they got posted there or whatever, and, and they didn't have a place to go either. So we had Thanksgiving together and come to find out that it was another person from Newfoundland. So I'm on the phone. I go down the hallway because, of course, there was no cell phones then. Go down the hallway to, you know, call my mom and say, so-and-so is on my boat. And doesn't, aren't they related to this person or that? Like, So I've been connecting to people my entire life. And I sort of didn't think as a, as a transplant to Nova Scotia that it was possible to connect to people because I'm not from here. I don't have any family here. I have a first cousin that lives here now after coming back from Newfoundland, but that's it. There's nobody else. And I still find connections. It's amazing. It truly, truly is. So you um, had a wonderful upbringing uh, and a beautiful, I think there's nothing like growing up in a little community to have the confidence to be talking to strangers because they're not really strangers. Or if they are, it's like, who are you? You're new here, right? So your dad, same thing, thumping his hand on the table saying, you can do anything. Don't depend upon a man. So what was the education track that you took? Oh my. So when you grow up in a small community and, and this will come as a surprise to some people, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to university. So I did high school. Um, I now know that I have ADHD. So that was probably some of my issue, but I've learned now that I had the capability I, I did back then. I just didn't know it, but I wanted out. I wanted, I wanted to get out. I wanted to get on, get my own life on the go. So I left high school. I did one term at Memorial university. They had a campus in lab city and 
that January, I left and I joined the military. And that was the start of growing up, learning how to discipline, learning how to respect. And yeah, that, that set me on, on a path. Um, the military, it was for me, but it wasn't for me. Um, I knew that I wanted to have kids being, you know, a mom going to sea, not really a great thing. So then I started to look for other things. So the military did a forces reduction plan whereby they offered people money to get out. So they paid us for a few months so that we could, you know, get earn money while you're going to school, but they also offered us 50%. So I was able to then go to college um, right out of the military. So I did college in, in Victoria, BC, because that's where uh, we were posted at the time. And so what did you study? Oh God, business admin. Yeah. And I. so it's funny, the course back then, it's life skills today. So we learned Word, Excel, we learned Microsoft Access, I learned desktop publishing, digital, um, digital creation. It was, and I had, I'm going to tell you some of the smartest people as instructors, and I learned so much coming out of there. Just amazing. Yep. Just a two-year diploma course. So you were in BC. How'd you get back to Nova Scotia? Uh, So my husband at the time was posted back. So that was in 1997, we moved back to Nova Scotia. And it's funny because even back then I had like an interest in like mortgages and stuff like that. So before we came back, I found out that Nova Scotia had this program where you could get your GST back on your house and use it for down payment. So they wouldn't give it to the builder. They would give it to the homeowner. And so the GST on my house at the time, you're going to laugh. It was like $3,750, $3,750. And that's all I needed. For a down payment on my house so when we came back we found a house it was ninety two thousand nine hundred dollars and they gave us the hst back for the down payment and yeah so like we we looked in the real estate before we left yeah it was a small house it's not a house that that you know that i was used to being in growing up but it was brand new it had three bedrooms really high ceilings it was it was amazing but in bc i learned about that program so i had already started had this interest in mortgages and houses back then. Well, and certainly with what your dad taught you, that you obviously were looking beyond just a paycheck. Um, And same thing that in your mind, then it was now you were going to start to have children. So you wanted those opportunities. You're a planner, Leanne. If there's one thing I have learned about you, I've never been anybody who tracks her information. I call you the queen of spreadsheets. But if you don't track things, how do you expect to get ahead. So were you always a person who budgeted? I think I have been planning since I was like 12 years old. I time blocked as a 12 year old. So I had a schedule, I had an agenda, paper agenda. Uh, I used to love getting my agenda in high school. And I literally planned out my day, breakfast at eight, school at nine, um, you know, track and field at four, skiing at seven. Uh, I taught piano in between there. So I've been scheduled And I also even had a bit of a schedule for my life. So when I got in the military and then I got out, I I got out and I got a job making like $26,000 a year. Okay. So I was 25 at the time. So I was like, I want to be making 30,000 by the time I'm 30. And I want to have, I want to have my first kid when I'm 25, my second one when I'm 30. Like I literally have planned out good or bad my life in every aspect. I'm a time blocker. It is the people who have the plan that really do achieve more. 
truly. And I hit every goal, even as, even as a young person, not even knowing what I was doing. Yeah. Can't hit a target. You can't see. That's right. right. Yeah. And so you also, as, as I watch your children grow up that to see what they're accomplishing, why don't you talk just a little bit about Allison? Cause I don't know about you. Your buttons have got to be bursting for all three, four of your kids. I have four kids, yes. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about how their personalities and money, because they've had a great role model in you and their granddad, because they were close to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, da my dad um, was very uh, vocal about money. He didn't hide anything. Um, they, you know, they, they didn't carry a lot of debt. They saved whatever they could save. I will tell you, in my early years, I, so when you grow up in a household, you can go one of two ways. You can end up the same as your parents, or you can end up the exact opposite as your parents. But essentially, um, you know, with my mom and dad, I felt my mom, it was wait, and there's memes on Facebook, right? Mom, I need a new pair of socks. It's October. Wait till Christmas. Wait. <laughs> and so when I, when I got out in the military and I got my own paycheck, I became a bit of a spender. And learning now that it is tied to ADHD because it's dopamine hits, it's whatever, right? It's all self-reflection. But my daughter has, and my kids have learned because we did, you know what? I've been through bankruptcy in 2012 and I sold my daughter's horse when she was 12 years old. That was probably one of the hardest things I think I've ever done in my life. And I think that my kid, and I don't know if it's because of how our household was, she's actually quite a saver. And what she has learned is having savings gives you freedom. So if you're in a job that you don't like, but you have $30,000 in the bank, there's nobody that can hold you to that job because you're not beholden to a paycheck. Um, so she has turned into be a little saver. And it's funny, my sister did university and her daughter did university. They're in very similar uh, roles. My sister's a probation, not a probation, a parole officer. She was that, but she's a separation mediator. And my niece is a um, social worker. And my daughter did the same exact course that I did. She did a business admin course, um, got a couple of jobs. She's now serving at a restaurant and she's saving her little butt off. Um, but she followed in my footsteps, did the exact same schooling that I did. But as a spender, as a younger person, right? And then going through a life event when you're a spender and you don't have savings, you end up bankrupt. You end up in those situations because you can't handle life's events. You can't handle somebody getting sick or no income coming in or that kind of thing. So I'm tickled that my kids are that way. However, it's not for the fact that they didn't go through something really shitty as children. Yeah. But here's the thing, Leanne, what is caught is more important than what's taught, right? It's not what you say. It's what they see you do. Yes. So they saw you live through that. And even if they're young, they saw how you handled that. And I'm a big believer in the game. They'll pick up on your energy. And no matter what's happening, Leanne, you always have that pure positive energy that you know your attitude is, it's going to work out, right? It, it always, and it always does. And I learned that very quickly. Um, at the time, you, you do not feel that way. At the time, you feel shame. You feel just a, a huge amount of emotion. But retrospectively, um, it was one of the smartest financial decisions I've ever made in my life, ever. Now, my daughter will tell you, so she was, say, 12 at the time. So my little guy was seven. Um, Brandon was my stepson then. 
And then Jackie, I didn't have, I hadn't adopted her at that point, but she was fully aware of what was going on. Whereas Victor was less aware. Now, when she turned 16, so when I grew up, when I turned 17, you had to be 17 in Newfoundland to get your license. My dad gave me a car. My dad gave my sister a car. Now I was off to the military at the time. So once I graduated and came back to Nova Scotia, my dad drove my car out to me and gave me a car. So I, I set my sights on giving all of my kids cars. And a lot of people think that that's privilege or this or that, but no, that is just, I think, independence. And I gave my daughter a car at 16. Now it was a, it was a 2013. It was only three years old, 30,000 kilometers on it. But my dad used to fix beat up cars. So he did that for her. So I was still able to do that at 16. Did I go broke doing it? Absolutely. I did. But I wanted to do that for her. My youngest child, um, actually Brandon got received his mom's Jeep. So Brandon's mom passed away, but Victor. So I have gone through this transition. You know, I went from working as an independent agent now being part of a team. And as I've grown with this team, my boys were in their teenage years. So we've, you know, been doing so much better in these years. So my daughter keeps saying to my, to her brothers, like, you guys have no idea what it was like. <laughs> right. Um, but she did, she learned and she's become a saver as a result. And I, I can't tell you, like if if the, there's anything that you can do and you wanna do one thing right, it's to save save a portion of your paycheck yeah. so that you're not beholden to anybody. Well, I think if you also speak to the fact that your kids really love what they do work-wise now. They do. So Allison got out and got uh, got a job working for a contracting company and she loved it. But she had been in high school and in high school, she had worked a part-time job and then she worked part-time uh, serving. And so she went into this job and, you know, I don't know if you guys know, like when you make $40,000 a year, you lose a significant amount of taxes and all these different things. And she just felt that the money just wasn't, she wasn't able to save. So she changed gears. Uh, she works for a fabulous family in Windsor. And like, she's like, if I told you what she has in savings, like I can't say it cause it's her private information, but like, it would blow your mind. Yeah. Blow your mind. Yeah. My LinkedIn profile, I created one when I started BNI within a month, 140 people on the, I'm now connected with on there and it's growing daily. Lots of people that are in such a helpful mindset. So welcome back, Leanne. So we grew up, we went to the military, we got another job, we moved to Halifax, we had a couple of beautiful kids, and then life threw you a few curveballs, honey, didn't it? Yeah. So we've had like two major illnesses with Randy. So in 2012, uh, when we had to file the bankruptcy, he was actually, uh, it's because he was in heart failure. So I left Manulife Bank, had just decided to become a broker because I wanted to help a broader spectrum of client. And right at that time, he was diagnosed with heart failure. Idiopathic, we don't know where it came from. Um, and his insurance company, uh, who shall remain nameless, uh, cut him off benefits. So we went from, you know, making $250,000 a year combined down to 50. And that's what triggered us to have to, to do what we did. However, um, in those moments and, and when, when you're dealing with that stuff, it was, it was a necessity, but it was also, it, it was, it was quite hard to go through that. Um, but then in 2017, um, Randy was then also diagnosed with prostate cancer 
and his ex-wife was diagnosed with breast cancer at the same time. So my stepson, Brandon, who's now my adopted son, he's now my, my own child. Um, his mom and his dad were in cancer treatment at the same time. We would be down on the radiation floor and she'd be up on the chemo floor at the same time. Like just absolutely. So, and that stuff happens and you try to prepare, but you're never fully prepared. Right. So it's funny. Um, you know, Randy didn't have critical illness, uh, but I've got enough critical illness that if I get sick, I've got a whole bunch of money coming in. I've never had to claim it. It's funny, right? The people that, you know, that not, aren't necessarily going to uh, need it or ended up, end up with it, but it's, uh, it, it, it teaches you a lot, right? Getting sick costs a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, right. Totally. Meals, gas, right. We had to be at the hospital every day for seven weeks. It's a 40 minute drive in 40 minute drive back your gas, your wear and tear on your vehicle. Plus you need to eat. Like it's, it's daunting. Really? Yeah. Now also share a little bit about when you left your first husband and decided to, to go out on your own as a mortgage broker and how, I mean, Oh God, I, I came into mortgage brokering by accident. So I um, had shared with you that I had joined the military, but out of the military, um, I left and went to a company uh, through my outplacement services. They, I went over, I was unhappy with the job that I was in and I went over to meet with them and they said, oh, we have this, this new company that's looking for an admin and, you know, do you want to come in and do some testing? And it was lunchtime and I was like, yeah, I'll do it and hurry up. Anyway, I got hundred percent on all of it. Everything that I had been taught in school, like I was able to like whatever they needed me to do. And I got an interview and it's funny because I had knee surgery right before. So I literally wore a long skirt. And I was on crutches, but I literally did not take the crutches into, into my interview and I got hired. So I worked at uh, emergency medical care for a number of years. And while I was at emergency medical care, there was a lovely paramedic there. And I don't know if she'll ever know how she changed my life. Her name was Shelly Valere. And Shelly was on her computer and I was walking by and I heard this boop, boop, this music or whatever. So of course I, you know, walk over. I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, she said, my financial planner um, just sent me this information on this Manulife one. Look, I can pay my house off in eight years. So I go, what? What do, what do you mean? And so she shares that with me. So then I go, I go plug my numbers in and I'm going, so we're paycheck to paycheck, right? And I go plug my numbers in and I'm going, my house can be paid off in 14 years. I'm in a 24 year mortgage. Like what the hell? So I ended up getting that mortgage. And when I got that mortgage and so I went from going paycheck to paycheck to actually paying down my mortgage by $3,800 a month. Like, how's that possible? Right. Literally restructuring of debt, putting some controls in place to do whatever. Um, I'm here to tell you that I started sending everybody. I knew if somebody, if somebody talked about, um, a problem with their mortgage or they couldn't save or this or that manually. You need to go talk to my girl, go talk to my girl. So I left emergency medical care and then went to X-Wave. So X-Wave, I was doing a job at, or at uh, emergency medical care and X-Wave hired me to do the same kind of job. The only difference was, is I went from making $30,000 a year to 80. So remember how I was on this path, 25, right? 30,000 by 30, 40,000 by 40, 50,000 by 50. So I'm, you know, mid thirties and they offered me $80,000 a year. So I get over there 
and I hate the job, hate the job. I can't express to you how much I hate it. When I was at EHS or emergency medical care, I loved the work because the work that I did affected the patient and it affected patient care. When I went to work at X-Wave, it was just reports on a screen. It had no sort of effect. So I had a really bad day one day and then I went on Career Beacon. That should date me. And the first line that comes up was Manulife One Sales. And I was like, hmm. So I messaged the girl that I was referring all the business to. Her name was Rachel Payne. It's Rachel Bennett now. And I said, hey, there's a job on Manulife. Um, I'm thinking about applying. I'm thrilled with a full page of exclamation points. Four minutes later, we had a meeting booked. I got up from my desk. I walked over to my boss. I said, I'm going home sick because I was like freaking out a little bit. And two months later, I started work at Manulife Bank. That was the most amazing turning point in my life. And so when you think about this, you're now a single mom of a couple of children going on 100% commission basis. So I asked uh, Rachel, the uh, who was going to become my boss. She was a banking consultant, and then she actually became the person that hired people. And I asked her, um, I said to her, I said, look, I can, I can do this job. You know, I can do this job. She's like, yeah, will you send me more business than most banking consultants do in the run of a year? Um, so I know you can do it. And she said, they come to me and they were already ready to buy. And literally I, I, I said to her, I said, look, I need to make $80,000 a year. I think it was 75. I need to make $75,000 a year. Um, so that I can do this because I have two children. I'm a single parent, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Done. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you advances on your pay. And, but for the first six months, we'll let you run. And then we'll do whatever after that you need done. I made 75,000 in six months. I funded 75 deals. My very first six months doing mortgages, passion, just passion about it. Passion about helping people. Well, but, but passion and a plan. And a plan. Yes. Well, I just knew the numbers, right? Like how much do I need to make and what do I need to do? Um, I've always been analytical that way, but literally I just, I felt, and I feel this way about BNI too, that I was doing a, people a disservice by not telling them. So like I moved to Windsor with my current husband at that time. I sold the cashier at the grocery store. She got a Manulife one. The guy that came and hooked up my fax machine and my internet, he got a Manulife one. And then, so here was the beautiful thing. When the cashier got it, when the Bell Alliant guy got it, when, um, oh my God, like school teachers, whatever. They told their three friends and then they told their, and it just, it blew up. It was absolutely amazing because I taught people what I did and how it worked for me. And then they did the exact same. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I still, I got notification this week uh, that one client, like he paid his house off. I did his mortgage four years ago, right? Paid his house off four years. Quite so, amazing. So not only the passion, the personal experience of having been where, you know, even if somebody hasn't been there, being able to share that story of don't do what I did, that, you know, people listen. But the fact, Leanne, that number one, you're there to help people 100% more than anything else. But with the education component, you know, and to anybody listening here, you, you got to know this person is just such, she's driven by the heart, by the, 
the honest love of just doing something good for people. The fact that what, what I watch you do is here she meets the person who's making 40,000 and she says, first of all, we're gonna get you a better job and make you double. And then you can afford more and whatever, work with me. And so it it's not like, you know, wham bang. I mean, you're working with people for months before they yes, get- years. I've, I've had clients that I've had for years. Um, and that's, what's been really cool about connecting with Timothy, because now I have, I can hand those people over and know that they're being taken care of. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, if you, so many people have gone to banks, brokers, mortgage advisors, whatever, otherwise, and they, they go in, they don't qualify and they walk out and they're, they're defeated. Whereas I look at it, I had a couple last week that said to me, how are these people affording these $400,000 houses? And I said, how are you accepting of making $35,000 a year when you have two degrees? Why, why do you accept that? So it, if you can, and I, and I, as you know, I'm a very blunt human being. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm literally going to say, why do you think that you're only worth $35,000 a year? And now I also have an HR company that I can refer them to, to help them get bigger incomes. It's not about you don't fit, right? I get people that will email me and it's funny because I, I often feel like they don't want to get pre-approved. There's a fear there, but they'll say, oh, what do I need? And I'll say, well, you need two credit cards, $2,000 limits for two years. Oh, I'm in a consumer proposal. Okay. Well, when you're discharged, you do that. Well, why can't I buy now? Well, you, do you have 20% down? No, I don't. And they're like, oh, this is way harder than I thought. And then they walk away. But anybody that will take the time to book an appointment with you to sit on the phone, I'm going to educate you on everything that I know. I'm actually going to start TikTok videos that are going to share people's incomes. Not in, I'm not going to share people's personal information, but I'm going to share with people what different trades make. So I have discouraged my kids from doing certain trades because I know what those trades make. So as an example, Brandon has wanted to be uh, a mechanic, work on cars. As you know, cars are very technical. Vehicle techs start out at making $36,000 a year. Not a living wage, not a living wage. Like you can't, like, unless you're living at home and you don't have any expenses, like that's, so I think just information, the more you can share information. And oftentimes the stuff is, coveted you go into the bank and they're like oh well i can't tell your credit score but did you have something with a with a cell phone provider to your and, and they're trying to rack their brains it shouldn't be secret you should know your credit score you should know your income you should know what's coming in what's going out um and then you should know what other people are doing and how why are they able to be successful and you're not well you're just accepting a lower wage i had I, i'm not i had a professional somebody that went through school for nine years, okay? Making $45,000 a year. I just really like the people I work with. I was like, you should be making a minimum of like $250,000 a year from what I've seen. And they're like, yeah, but I, these guys took a chance on me right out of school, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it, it comes down to what's between the ears and, and what somebody believes that they can do. And I think if you can just open somebody's mind to what's possible, then you can help them along. I might not be able to help you today, but I can help you plan so that you do get a yes in six months or a year or whatever it takes. Well, and, and the fact that 
luckily for, let's say, Joe and I, my husband, that, you know, he had a financial plan. I was the spender in the family. Yep. Uh, but luckily, you know, with a good income and with some planning that, yes, what a difference that made in, uh, you know, our life at this point. But the fact that they don't teach financial literacy in school, they don't. And I OK, so and I'm going to back you up right there because I find we call it financial literacy. And I, I just don't know that it's the right word. I think that the financial system is a big, big system. And I don't think that we are taught how to apply our own lives to the system or where we fit in the system or how to make the system work for us. So I don't even know that because there's rules out there, spend less than you make, save 10%, do this, do that. But like, how do you save 10% when you're not making enough to live? How do you do this? How do you, do, how do you apply it to your life? And I think that's the missing piece. It's not even because the literacy is out there. The information is out there. It's on the internet. It's how do I apply that to my life? And how do I tap into so that I can get to the next level? Do you know what? I have, I have a client who has 45 properties right now. And he came to me, he had a $37,000 a year income. That was 15 years ago. $17,000 worth of debt. He owed half of what he made all on 19% credit cards, but he saw a house. He knew he could get a deal on it. And I'm here to tell you, we, we went and got a private mortgage. We made it work. And that guy has 45 properties now. So I, I guess even if I'm going to say anything to anybody, it's when you hear the word, no, you are just in front of the wrong person. You should never hear the word. No, you should just hear no, but here's your other option or here's what else you can do. Might not be what you want to hear. You might need two years. You might need a year. You might yeah. need to upgrade your income, but you should never hear the word no. So just listening to your experience, that was really interesting concept you just brought up. Because really, why do most people live paycheck to paycheck? Because they don't have that long-term plan. Long-term plan, but no ability to even make their bank accounts work. So I just- Or, or merge yeah. the two. More merge the two or, or how, like, so what a lot of people think too, is that they, you know, there's a lot of people that will use their credit card every month and then they'll pay it off. Well, you're advancing your pay from next month and sure you're paying it off, but if you're not saving money, you're still not getting ahead. I was a victim of that. I, oh my God, I, you know, I had a CIBC Aeroplan card. I think when I went bankrupt, I think I owed like 25,000 on it. I literally, oh, let's get the points. Let's get the points. When you have a $25,000 card in your hand, you will make a different decision when you're in a moment because the card will work no matter what. And I think that once we learn who we are, how we relate it to our parents, what our goals are, then it can all come together. But it changes, it shifts, and it can shift every six months or a year. So you just always need to, need to be questioning the system, questioning what you have, questioning your banker, questioning your broker so that you yourself can get ahead in the system. Leanne, I could listen to you all day long. I love it. I love it. So watch, if somebody listening to this has been turned down, this is the mortgage magician. If there's anybody who can ever. And it's not magic. Away, make a way, it's Leanne. Yeah. So also, because net work equals net worth is the name of the podcast. I think you get it that Leanne is leaving that impression with people that she's there to help. She's there that it's more than just the transactional, it's the relationship base that makes the difference. So 
what I hear is she literally is like a bumblebee from flower to flower pollinating and helping people grow. Um, so any networking tips that you want to add? Networking tips. Uh, you have two ears and one mouth, I guess. So that's a, it's cliche. Uh, listen, listen. And I always listen. I listen for the problems uh, that people are having and or oftentimes when I'm talking to somebody, I'll be like, okay, so do you want me to listen or do you want me to help you problem solve? Cause I will jump right in where moms, we, we do that. That's our, that's our nature. But I think with networking, um, I try to listen and really hear what somebody has to say. And I think that's key with all networking. And if you can hear the problem or put your finger on it, now you can connect them with the right person. And when you connect them with the right person, I'm here to tell you it's gold. Like when you, I have a dentist client that literally their 15 year plan is six, all because I listened and I didn't do any of the work and I didn't do a mortgage for them, but I connected them with the person that changed their life. Oh, that has got to be, those are lottery tickets in my opinion, to be able it to- is. Yeah, the the satisfaction of just that couple of connections to create the magic that changed a person's life. You will be forever in their memory for doing that. So. Absolutely. So while I did not do a mortgage for them, I have done many of their friends, their investor friends, people that have moved here from Ontario that they know. They always, no matter what, if a mortgage or financing is is talked about, my name comes up. I know that they're saying my name's in rooms where I'm not present, Excellent. which is, which is everything. That's everything. And I, I will just touch on the fact that, that, that is sort of the same thing when somebody tags you in a Facebook post, that's in a public forum, that's somebody saying your name in a room when you're not there, but it's also 10,000 other people that get to come into the room that weren't there for the conversation, but get to see it and hear it. It's everything. That's all you really want to grow a business. Well, and watch, I'm president of Leanne's fan club. Thanks for <laughs> listening to Network Equals Net Worth. Um, everybody's got a story and I'd love to hear yours. Thanks so much for listening. What'd you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes? Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with Delene Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.